Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to talk about realistic expectations. And we are going to talk about this from both the coach side. So if you're a coach, these are some of the things that you want to look out for when you're setting expectations with a client. And if you are not a coach, you're just a regular old human trying to set expectations for yourself and understand like, is the thing that I'm expecting from myself realistic, unrealistic? This episode is going to dive into five questions that we need to be asking ourselves in order to understand like, is the thing that I'm expecting actually a realistic expectation. And the reason why I'm recording this episode is because we are currently in January. It's like the January motivation fantasy land where we all have this this drive to do new things. Maybe not all of us. I think there's definitely some of us that are like, nope, I'm just continuing on the vibes from last year. Amazing. But a lot of us that are sort of setting out in January to achieve different things, push ourselves, you know, new year, new me. I think No, I know that by March, a lot of that whole January vibes motivation situation is going to chill out. And a lot of people are probably going to be disappointed with themselves. And a lot of you listening are probably going to be like, yep, most years I will start out motivated in January and then I will fall off the wagon. Then I'll get back on the wagon. Then I'll fall off of it again. And the goal here is for us to not fall off of a wagon The goal is for us to understand how do we realistically set expectations that we can actually live up to and also practice self-compassion when things don't go the way that we plan instead of thinking like there's something wrong with me. We can understand I am human, I am fallible, and here is what I'm going to learn from this situation. The reason why this is so important is because we end up being really self-critical and really disappointed when we don't live up to our expectations. And the only time that we are disappointed is when our expectations do not live up to reality, right? If you expect that you're going to go to Disneyland and have this incredible time and you go to Disneyland and you have an incredible time, great. But if you expect that you're going to go to Disneyland and you're going to see Mickey Mouse and you go to Disneyland, everything is amazing, but you don't see Mickey Mouse, you are going to be disappointed. I have no idea where that example came from. But anyways, Today we're going to talk about creating realistic expectations for ourselves, our clients, and why self-compassion is an integral part in the development of realistic expectations. So I want to apologize because you are probably seeing on social media lots of people, people pushing their like transformation programs and their like shreds and all of that and you are probably sucked into this like I need to do something to change my body because it's January and that's when people do that. I want to apologize. And I want to let this podcast be a little bit of a reality check so that you can create a realistic expectation for the things that are important to you and the standards that you want to live your, hold yourself up to. And this is really pertinent to my own life because I remember probably, this was maybe like five or six years ago, I went on a couple Bumble dates with this guy that ended up being just a really cool dude, zero romantic connection, but... One of, I think the reason that I wanted to match with him was because he was a meditation teacher and life coach. And I was like, oh, I'm interested in this. And on our second date, we decided to go hiking. And on the way to go hiking, we were talking about the difference between expectations and standards. And this was really important for me because I was at a point in my life where I felt like I was constantly disappointed. I was constantly disappointed with other people. I was constantly disappointed in myself. I felt like nothing ever lived up to what I thought it should. Like I was constantly trying to predict the future and nothing that I predicted actually lived up to this expectation I was creating. 
And I'm so grateful that I had this conversation with this guy. I'm trying to, I don't remember his name. Because even though the day overall ended up being like a little bit odd, like obviously no romantic connection at all. It was a great conversation. It was something that really was like a light bulb moment for me because I recognize that like I can call myself out when I am creating expectations. I can change my expectations and I can actually set that up so I'm no longer disappointing myself and no longer being disappointed by other people all the time. Because honestly, of course, if I create an unrealistic expectation, an expectation that from the beginning I could tell there's no way this is going to happen, of course I'm going to end up disappointed and discouraged and just generally like feeling shitty about myself. I want to offer you five questions that we can ask ourselves in order to create realistic expectations. And if you are a coach listening, you can run this you can run this through with your clients, either out loud or as you are talking about goal setting or expectations with your clients. You can kind of run through like do these questions sort of align with this expectation my client is creating? If you often sort of feel lost because you're like I know this client is creating an unrealistic expectation. They're so gung-ho about it. They're so like they they're so set on this expectation for themselves. Like whether it's a, you know, I need to lose this amount of weight in this amount of time or whether it is like, I'm going to make it to the gym, you know, X amount of days per week. And you kind of know like this isn't a realistic expectation. With the coaches I work with in mentorship, we work on learning to ask better questions and develop a more efficient and effective planning process so that instead of just telling your client like, hey, that's not realistic, you actually can help your client come to a conclusion of what a realistic expectation sounds and feels like and will actually fit into their lives, which is amazing because your client will feel more motivated and you will stop feeling like, oh my gosh, why? Like, I know this isn't going to happen. Why does this person keep saying they're going to do it? And it's really, really incredible for the coaching process. So anyways, these are the five questions. Is the thing that I want to do or achieve aligned with my values? So let's say you want to do, you know, you know, you want to go to the gym six days per week. Is that aligned with your core values? And you might say, yes, because health is aligned with my core values. Okay, great. But if you are going to the gym six days a week, that is how, that can be anywhere from one to two to two and a half hours per day that you are not doing other things. And so does it align with your values to have that amount of time taken out of your day to go to the gym every day? For some people, you might say, absolutely, it does align. For other people, they might realize, hey, the demands of my life and my priorities do not align with me doing this thing that often, which means we know right off the bat, it's not a realistic expectation. And so the next question we want to ask ourselves is, is the thing that I want to do, is this expectation actually possible? Do we actually know if this thing I'm expecting from myself is possible, right? So let's say I decide that I want to stop macro tracking and become an intuitive eater and I want to do this in the next month. That is not possible. Becoming an intuitive eater takes a lot of time and practice and skill building. And so here's the thing. We often don't know that this isn't possible. And this is where sometimes we are not aware of what is possible, what is not possible. And this kind of brings us to the next question that we need to be asking, which is, am I missing any skills, resources, or education I need in order to live up to this expectation. And this is really, really important because we often aren't fully aware of the skills, the education, and the resources that we need, or we feel sort of blind to that. So I'm going to go through an example in a little bit, but I want to get through the last two questions. 
The fourth question that we need to be asking is what are the obstacles that are going to come up along the way? Very important because we can be as optimistic as we want, but we also need to be realistic. If your goal is to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym every day, but you know that on Tuesday nights you don't get home until 11 p.m. because you have, I mean, I'm just going to use, I have improv. I don't get home until 11 p.m. on certain nights. And so I'm not going to wake up at 6 a.m. the next morning. And I need to be aware of that because that is an obstacle that will keep me from a potential goal that I have or a potential expectation that I have. And it's just a part of my life. So I need to be able to adjust accordingly and it's especially just adjust my expectations accordingly. And then the last question is, what am I going to do when those obstacles pop up? So in the, the example that I gave a minute ago, which was, hey, I don't get home from improv until 11 p.m. at night. If my expectation was I'm going to go to the gym at 6 a.m., then... I may need to change that because I'm not going to get enough sleep if I don't get home until 11 p.m. the night before. And so if that is an obstacle, what I might do, and this is something I often do with clients, coaches, this is a great tool you can use with clients, is an if-then statement. If I get home at 11 p.m., then I will work out at, you know, after work, for example. So with these five questions, I want to kind of give you some examples here. So let's say you want to meal prep. I'm going to meal prep every single week. It seems simple for some people, but it's not necessarily realistic for everybody. It is possible in theory. Lots of people do it, but lots of people really, really struggle with it, right? And here's the thing. There is a set of skills, a certain education, and necessary resources that you need in order to do a weekly meal prep. And this is where we go wrong because we will expect ourselves to achieve some sort of result in X time frame. We're going to expect ourselves to do X thing consistently. I say consistently in quote marks, but there is a gap between what you're expecting yourself to do or what your clients expect themselves to do and what skills, education, and resources you currently have. And so for example, a coach, when a client tells you like, yep, I'm going to meal prep this week. And this actually came up with one of my mentoring clients. She had a client that every week was like, I'm going to meal prep this week. And there were like two or three weeks where she said she was going to do it and she didn't do it. And so with my mentoring client, I asked her, I was like, well, do, does she actually have the skills and the, and the resources and the education that she needs in order to complete meal prep? And she was like, my mentoring client said, I don't know. And this opened up a really important conversation for this coach and her client to understand how do we bridge the gap between what you want to do and what you're able to do. Because as a coach, if you do not know if your client knows how to do the thing or has ever done the thing, or if they know what obstacles can pop up, you don't have any way to assure that your client is actually able to do what they need to do. In mentorship specifically, we work on knowing the right questions to ask in order to have an, an effective planning process because often clients don't follow through because we are just taking like, I will meal prep as, oh, that's a plan. That's not necessarily a plan. That is stating what they want to do, not creating a plan to actually do the thing. And so that's my sort of side note for coaches. Anyone that is not a coach, you may not know what you don't know. You might say to yourself, I want to meal prep. And you may not really be fully aware of what skills, resources, education that you need in order to do that. I do want to be clear that a trial and error process is life right? So let's say you try to do it. You don't do it. You can go back and be like, huh, what did I need to learn in order to be able to do this thing, right? But I want to actually break it down 
and give you like the skills, education, and resources you might need to do something like meal prep. And the reason I do this is because I want you to start thinking, what do I need to learn? What do I need to have? What do I need to do in order to live up to the expectations that I have for myself in order to create realistic expectations for myself? And so for meal prepping, we need to have the skills that we need. We need cooking and planning skills. We need communication skills if other people, like let's say your partner or your kids or you know, you need to set boundaries around your time. You need communication skills. You need time management skills so that you can actually schedule this in. You need self-regulation and self-reflection skills because inevitably there is going to be some resistance. You're not going to want to do it. You're going to want to sit on the couch instead or you're going to want to do other things. And so we need to be able to regulate our resistance and work through, work ourselves through that. We need to be able to reflect and see, okay, well, this didn't go well. Okay, so what what can I do next time to make it better? So self-reflection is a skill. And we also need cognitive flexibility skills so that we can adapt on the fly when something pops up out of nowhere because that's just how life is, right? And resources. So what resources do you need in order to meal prep? You need time. If, if it doesn't realistically fit into your schedule or fit into a time that is available in your life or you don't plan for it, it won't happen. So time is an important resource. Mental and physical energy are really important resources as well. If you're telling yourself, I'm going to meal prep on a Monday night after I've been working for eight hours and then go to the gym and then, you know, have to do X, Y, Z other thing. Like, yeah, you might not have the physical and mental energy and there's nothing wrong with you. That's just, you don't have that resource at that point in time. Social support is a resource, especially if your kids or your partner or your job is involved. You need to have space to store and cook food, money to buy food, and somewhere to plan and then store the plan so you can access it. So you need some resources that are fairly simple, like a calendar, and some resources that aren't simple, like finding, like actually finding or making the time. And then the education that you need, you need a certain level of nutrition education to know how to create a balanced meal. You need to know how to cook. You need to know how to plan. And you also need some education on like, well, where do I find recipes, right? How do I portion this stuff out? So for some people, all of those skills, all of those resources, all of that education, they already have it. They've picked it up at some point in time. And for others, they might not have that. And so right now, expecting themselves, creating the expectation of I'm going to do a perfect Sunday meal prep is an unrealistic expectation. But it's an unrealistic expectation only right now because that individual may need to work on new skills, resources, or education, which again, coaches, this is where we can come in because we can be a wealth of skills. We can help them find resources. We can educate. But again, coaches, if we are just saying, oh, you're going to be able to, okay, cool. Let me know how that goes. We are not making sure we are not running through these questions to make sure that this is a realistic expectation. And again, when it comes to obstacles, we want to be, as I said, optimistic is great. We want to be like, yes, I can totally do this. But we also need to be realistic about what your patterns are in life, what what obstacles tend to pop up in your life. And I think sometimes we have this thought of like, oh, well, things are really stressful and then they're going to get calmer. But like as an adult, I think there's a meme that's like life is just saying, or being an adult is just saying things will calm down next week or next month and then it never happens. And so this is where creating realistic expectations has so much to do with can I be aware of, of my obstacles and also how do I support myself through those obstacles? And this is probably the biggest mistake 
that I see both coaches and non-coaches making when creating a realistic expectation or helping someone create a realistic expectation is not looking at what are the obstacles and how are we going to overcome these obstacles? And also being open to saying, if I can't overcome this obstacle, can I adjust the expectation? You know, this is where it's really frustrating because a lot of the individuals that I work with, a lot of the individuals that you, if you are a coach, work with, and a lot of individuals listening that are not coaches are all or nothing thinkers. Because we get stuck on, I will either do this thing 100% or I just will not do it at all. And what happens is all or nothing thinkers tend to have an idea of what is ideal, but not an idea of like what is 80% of ideal. It's sort of like, oh, well, I am going to go to the gym for an hour and do my whole workout or I am not going to go to the gym at all. And we all sort of like when we step back from it can be like, well, maybe it's more realistic to say like, well, I'm going to go for 30 minutes. But we know in practice that often doesn't happen. And this is where we get to my favorite part of this episode. And this is why self-compassion is so important. Because in order to create a realistic expectation for yourself and be able to adjust, be able to reassess, be able to support yourself when and if you do not live up to this perfect expectation for yourself, you need self-compassion. Self-compassion is the thing that is going to help you persevere towards the goals that you are trying to achieve. It's not about just saying, oh, it's okay, I didn't do this thing that I expected myself to do. It's about acknowledging, hey, I have this expectation for myself. I really want to do this thing. It's hard, right? It's uncertain. It's hard. I'm coming up against obstacles. And being able to observe the struggle with curiosity, like, huh, why does this feel so challenging? And then part of self-compassion is supporting yourself through the struggle. Like it's not self-compassionate to let yourself off the hook if you're trying to do something that you genuinely want to do that aligns with your values that is important to you. And it does suck to realize that you cannot live up to your own expectations. And the knee-jerk reaction is probably to beat yourself up, probably to give up, be like, I'll just get back on it down the road, right? And this is where self-compassion is very, very misunderstood. Because as I said, self-compassion is not letting yourself off the hook. We have this idea, this wrong idea, that if we offer ourselves self-compassion, we're going to give up. We're just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to let this bad behavior slide. Like, oh, it's okay. No big deal. But true self-compassion is about being kind to yourself. It's about being able to observe your struggle from a place of mindfulness and acknowledging that you are human and like other humans, you struggle. And this part is hard. I talk about this part with clients all the time. And I work, when I work with coaches as well, I find that coaches are really, they, they're really hard on themselves as well. And this is where I think as coaches, we need more education on how to practice self-compassion for ourselves, like real self-compassion, and then how to model it for our clients and how to teach them how to, to do it as well. And the mindfulness part is difficult. The mindfulness part of self-compassion is challenging. And the way that I like to think about it is like this. I have a problem, not I am a problem, right? And so if you have a problem, you can observe that problem. 
You can take a look at it. You can hold it up, look at it from different sides. But if you are the problem, the problem is so close to you and, and it's, it's like this emotional thing. And so in order to practice self-compassion, we need to practice mindfulness about what the problem or what the struggle is. And then we need to look at how can I support myself? How can I be kind to myself in continuing to persevere towards this thing that I want? And so in order to create realistic expectations, we also need to be able to access self-compassion. And so, for example, maybe time is a struggle for you and you'd like to commit, like your drive is to commit to more than is realistic for you at the moment. And self-compassion is allowing yourself to be where you are and then being the encouraging, supportive friend that is alongside you that knows when to push and knows when to be gentle. Like it is not self-compassionate to continue to push when the thing that you are pushing for is not realistic for your life. And without self-compassion, it's very challenging to be realistic. That is when the perfectionistic side takes over and that perfectionistic side refuses to recognize that struggling and being imperfect and fucking up is part of the human condition. So let's recap this. In order to create realistic expectations, this is your actionable tips. You want to first identify the thing that you want to do. Then we want to ask ourselves five questions. Is the thing that I want to do or achieve aligned with my values? Is the thing actually possible, like in the world? Am I missing any skills, resources, or education in order to do this thing or live up to this expectation? What are the obstacles that will come up along the way? And what am I going to do when those obstacles come up? And then the last thing that I want to offer you for self-compassion is this. And this is if you are someone that journals, you know what, actually, if you're someone that doesn't journal but feels like you should, you probably feel like you should because you know it would be beneficial. And I'm going to give you specifically something that you can journal on. So consider if someone you loved had the same challenge or frustration or struggle that you were dealing with. How would you coach that, that person that you love or support that person that you love through? How would you help them problem solve? How would you encourage them to keep going? How would you speak to them? That is showing compassion to someone else. And what we want to do is turn that around on ourselves right? And I want to make a quick note for coaches is it's not just clients who set unrealistic expectations for themselves. You as a coach might be setting unrealistic expectations for your client or unrealistic expectations for yourself if you are not aware of obstacles, skill levels, resources, or education. And so how do you figure this stuff out? So for your clients, you ask them, you really get curious about them, you seek to understand, and you put your ego aside. And sometimes a client will need to go slower and that is okay. You're here to make lasting change. You're, even if you promise quote unquote 12 week results, first of all, that's another conversation. If you promise 12 week results, we should talk about that. But the goal of you working with your client is not to get a result for your transformation photos. And coaches, you may have heard me talk about the confident coaching mentorship already. And I wanted to share some feedback from one of my current coaching clients, or sorry, my current mentoring clients. If you want to be more than just a coach who gives out macros, this is for you. Clients need much more than numbers handed to them. They need guidance on improving their relationship with food and themselves. The things Jillian has taught me has not only helped me see growth in myself, but has allowed me to reach new levels of growth with my clients too. And I want to say this, the Confident Coaching Mentorship, we officially get started January 23rd. 
We already have a lovely little growing group of incredible coaches that are excited to build new communication skills. They're ready to dig into challenges like emotional eating. They want to really learn how to help clients improve their relationship with food, their overeating, their body image, and they want to know Like these are coaches that really want to understand how to coach on eating skills and mindset skills, skills that macros do not cover. And so if you want more details about the Confident Coaching Mentorship, you can check out the link in the show notes to learn more. If you're a macros-based coach, you know that there is more to coaching than giving your clients macros, adjusting those macros, and making recipe suggestions. You know that. And this mentorship is there to help you build the communication skills that you need to go deeper with your clients, help them create realistic expectations that align with their goals, help them get to the bottom of their struggles around emotional eating, overeating, all or nothing thinking, and actually help them see deeper change, like that kind of change that you really cannot see in a transformation photo. If you are just here to learn, if you're just here to listen to this, thank you. I really, really, really appreciate you being here. And I hope that you put these tips in practice. I hope that you share this episode with someone who thinks needs to hear these words today. And I want to remind you that my DMs on Instagram, so my Instagram link is in the show notes. My DMs are always open if you want to chat. If you are interested in working with me uh, around your nutrition, my group coaching program, The Confident Eater, is opening next month. And it is specifically for individuals that want to stop macro counting, want to stop calorie counting, want to stop being stuck in this diet mindset and want to become more mindful eaters. And I will be offering more details on it very soon. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time.